It's time for the most well-known sports radio icon in St. Louis. The show that begs you to answer the question, can I ever be this good? It's time for the Charlie Tuna Show. Presented by Ameren, Illinois on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Tuna show, and that's something I come in here smooth as can be. Then all of a sudden, when the mic opens up, here I am. Hey, okay. All right, welcome to the show tonight. Matt Berger, what's up? Charlie, what's going on? Tom Wally. Tuna, was, how are you? He was on investigation last week. <laughs> I was investigating a lot of stuff. Sherlock Holmes last week. Like, hey, hey, how, can uh, hey, how can this fat ass sneak up hey, on somebody? Hey, 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 gotta be a big bush. Joe, I'm, <laughs> dark, I'm darker than you. Look at my skin. You're pretty, you're pretty tan, man. Yeah. See, <laughs> the grit's coming out in you. I said, Joe, when I got the text, he came to me and caused an investigation. I said, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> you know we believe that. <laughs> cheaters. But I feel good. Yeah, mm, see the cameraman yes. for cheaters. I yeah. look good and I feel good. Yeah, we, we talked about we talked about that then oh, can't come in uh, who he investigating <laughs> alright what's up Joe yeah, I'm doing good God, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm always good for a good five or ten minutes yeah that's right you're fade away yeah, okay don't forget, uh, we had uh, we'll talk more about Aaron Rod- I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers on TV well, you I don't see know him and that girlfriend of his laying there and they said, and she came out and they said, we were meant to be with each other mm. because they got together right before the pandemic and they couldn't leave each other. That's so nice. that's how they got to be Thanks. so close. That's good, good for them. Good for them. A lot of people like that. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's worse people you know locked what? up with than her. You know what? Yeah, he's yeah, you got them right. He's he, mowed down so many. It's about time his ass settled down. So <laughs> hell with him. But he had my favorite, though, the race car driver. Oh, Danica Patrick? Oh, oh I loved her. See, and I, Olivia, an Olivia Munn was my girl. I love Danny Patrick. Who else? I love her. Is he, who's had more good-looking women? Him, Tony they, Romo, they all do. Derek Jeter, yeah, yeah Lewis them. Hamilton, yeah, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis well, Hamilton's had a race car drivers have the prettiest women. They do. You're they right. really do. Race car drivers, yeah. but like Lewis Football Hamilton, players are the worst. Hockey players are good. Lewis Hamilton had um, had Rihanna for a little while. Oh, yeah, hey. yeah. Then the girl who was in the Pussycat Dolls. I can't think of what her first name. Pussycat uh, Dolls. Nicole Scherzinger. That's it. Nicole Scherzinger. She's hot. I don't That's think Rihanna. I, know. I don't think Rihanna's nice. <laughs> I'm not a big really Pussycat oh, Dolls no. fan. No. So let's talk about Rihanna. 
She looks dirty, doesn't she? You don't look right. No. Yeah. She's just something I don't like her. Like I don't like her. She, yeah. she can stay down in Barbados. No, yeah. <laughs> Go back there and stay. Whatever kind of music that the hell you be singing. Oh, my land. But yeah. people like that music. I yeah. don't know. You you heard, you heard Howard Stern tell a story, right? Mm. Uh, Tom about he was down on down in Barbados with Jay Z. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you sit next to Jay Z down at the beach, and Jay, that's the first time we saw Rihanna, he's like, I saw this beautiful woman pop out of the water, oh and Jay Z goes, Yeah, that's my artist. <laughs> and <laughs> Howard's like, one. What? Wow, <laughs> that's my artist. That's a new one. I love Jay Z's hair. Boy, if I was young, I'd get a hair. Would like you get that. yours all like pulled out like that? Oh yeah, that's like the thing, man. Yeah. Crimped like that. I think it was good. You look good, I think. A lot of a lot of black executives. In New York firms, have their hair like that. You can't, you can't stop people well, with their the, hair anymore. The prosecuting attorney for the for the county does. Yeah, but it so. ain't, it ain't big. That's well, just, it's, he's it trying. There's he's a trying, man. There's a lot of things that you should be. It's called twisted. How often do you get your hair done? Every every Thursday morning. Every Thursday morning, you mm-hmm. get it tightened start, up. No, I get it. What I'm get tightened is, is what Wesley has with the county. Yeah, it's called a tighten up. Tighten just up. Get it cut. No, that ain't it, Tom. How, what do you call it? <laughs> Tightened up is what he had. Oh. Man, this is just a haircut. Okay, and down to the barber shop where we went for the yeah. show. Yeah, we go. I go there every Thursday morning, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start letting my hair grow long. Uh-oh. So I'm gonna start going every other week. There you go. Oh my $40 goodness. Every time start calling you a hippie here in a little bit. Oh, I thought you were gonna go full on afro. <laughs> no, <laughs> let it go. No, if I was younger, I would. Joe's hair looks good now. Like yeah, the, yeah I like what he's doing I with like it. that look. Yeah, what he's doing. Uh, I want to get that, but uh, that's the way you had gotta have it done. Folks, uh, Kelly Chase would join us at about uh, seven thirty. Sad note, of course, Coach Coach Jim Faso yeah. has died. Had a headache the other night, last night. Uh, rushed him to the hospital. Had a heart attack. His son used to be a coach. I hear with the Rams. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Mm. We'll talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Everybody at the bar yesterday. Oh, they gonna get. Uh, Milwaukee looks terrible. They do. <laughs> Their coach looks. Terrible. He's gonna get fired. Oh, he's gonna surely get fired. Yeah, he's gonna get fired. He's gonna get fired. He had no reprieve with this team. No, they they they, they make no adjustments. No, that's what the problem. Is. Yeah, they make no adjustments. And here's another thing too. I mean, if you're Giannis, Damn. you can't you can't be a two time MVP and go out like the way that Giannis is going out. I know he can't shoot, but man, you got to be doing man. something. What's he just looks so as the player of the year. He, he just looks so ineffective. Like <laughs> Can you imagine if Brooklyn had a uh, my boy back already. Harden? Uh, Harden. You're going to be winning by 50. <laughs> they had a 49-point lead at one time last night. 49-point lead. And I'll tell you, what, look how um, and, Blake Griffin, look how Blake Griffin's looking a lot better, too. Tell you Great to man. watch. This is what Blake, they let up. Blake Griffin just sit on the bench in Detroit. Remember this guy? He was used to be one of the biggest stars in the yeah, league. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was in every other. He was yeah. in every other so commercial. Big, he was so big. He was, he was, he was pretty terrible him. in Detroit, though. That's a role. It's kind of crazy how he just kind of re- well, had a well, nice resurgence you're playing in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. look, you're playing yeah. in Detroit. He played his way out. Who's to have next to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. who? who Andre Drummond. And, he didn't take one dunk attempt when he See, was in Detroit. Not one. Not one dunk. How are you, Blake Griffin, and never dunk? Not one dunk. And then when he goes to Brooklyn, the first game he plays, he dunks. Like, come on. I, I blame LeBron James because of the Lakers. He helped pick up, select the players that they have. They had no role players all year long that I thought were worth a damn. None of them. Some of the Lakers? Lakers. None. None, None of them. None. worth a damn. And they won't be back, so you don't have to worry about it. Like, Schrader's not going to be back. Well, Schrader wanted a $100 million contract, uh-huh. too. Find some fool's going to give him that money. No, hell no. All right, what's up, John? Hey, how you guys doing, Hey, I want to know. Um, I have two questions about the MLS soccer. Who's going to be the majority owner 
And is that going to is that going to deplete more fans from the Blues when the MSL is playing? Or are they going to be in different? They're in different uh, climates, aren't they? Yeah, it's a different time. Different time yeah. That's different kind of people too, man. The hockey fans aren't the same as soccer fans. No, it's totally mm -hmm. different. Totally of course, different. you're gonna have yeah. a foreign uh, uh, introduction to to soccer. No, the uh, majority owner is gonna be the girl. I think. Yeah, partly with Enterprise, so right. mm -hmm. whatever. The Blues diehards are going to be there, I, I, no matter, matter what. what. You're not going to get, get gonna away have, from that. The first three or four games is going to be, be packed. Sold out, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's going to take a while. Team. We hope they make it. Yeah. I mean, it's good for the city. Anytime oh, yeah. this town can have a, a winning franchise. You saw what did 2019, 2011, 2006. It kind of energizes the city, even if it's just for three or four or five months. Yeah. Soccer is a little different, yeah. though. Well, I know. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I know. It wouldn't be the, there would be no big parade. Like, I mean, there'd be a parade, but not like it was for the Blues or hey, Cardinals. Rams. I, I want to follow up on that. How are the players? How is the MSL team going to get these players? Are they going to have a draft, or they have to sign, go out and sign these free agents? How are they going to? How are Look, they going to actually get a team good. together in time to play? You know, for that season. Thanks. I think, I'm sure there's going to be a draft. They're yeah, not I'm sure just, there will be too. They're yeah. not going to just tell people to call them up on the phone and we'll sign them. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to sign up Wednesday tryouts. I got they're my gonna, shin guards ready. Noon on Saturday. They're going to you know, players. The players already know around the league what's happening. Oh. All you do is put a, 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 a ad out in Atlanta and places like that, mm -hmm. Seattle, and the pe people that want to do it, they'll come. There you go. But yeah, they do. Uh, the it's, it's similar to uh, the NHL. I was going to say they're going to have expansion. Protects twelve players. There you but, go. Yeah, and you're going to you'll they'll have players that'll like kick yeah. under to Europe in the European leagues and yeah. more that'll come here. Yeah. And, we won't know any names. No, not a one. Not until they come to town. Team. Not a one. Not a one. Nah. Not, not until another team comes to town. The USFL <laughs> will start up too, also in 2022. It really? Now, is that going to be uh, any kind of conflict with the XFL? I'm sure it will be. They don't care. Why, they don't care. Who doesn't care? The Rock or the USFL? The USFL doesn't the USFL. care. USFL. Oh. USFL doesn't care. They don't care. Last week we had Howard on, and he was saying that uh, Fox is uh, putting money in on it, too. So they're investing yeah, they've already in got, They've already got TV. Yeah, so so, so maybe a little more legit. Well, they did. <laughs> well, the XFL, they had, uh, a, they had ESPN yeah. and they had CBS. And don't, listen, he's going to be all right. Dwayne's going to be all right. I think it's good. Get out of here. That's his name. Who's going to be okay? The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. With the uh, XFL, know. who knows? He and his ex-wife. That's who. His ex-wife, yeah. ex-wife, are the two masterminds behind it. She's really the one. Hey, yeah. Yeah. The way, and you trust so, that they're going to be changing college of college playoff system, not the system. There's going to be eight to twelve teams this year. They're voting on it. So they're and also wrestling at the chase is coming back. Potentially, really? wrestling at wait the a chase. Minute. Wait a minute. Why wow. wrestling at the chase hotel? It's my back. my daughter That's is awesome. in a wedding this weekend, and she's uh, it's at the chase, mm -hmm. and they're staying there and. All yeah. that, and she goes, "Oh my God, it's so beautiful!" Da, 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 da. Um, I said, "Yeah, I've been there a few go, times." I'm going there. <laughs> well, here Let's we go, go now. Oh, oh, she's going to be in the chase. She's not going out <laughs> on King's <laughs> Highway. <laughs> Please, Charlie, don't scare the youngsters. Really? <laughs> make sure you're in before nightfall. She's been. She's in the hotel. She's in the hotel for the wedding. The wedding's going to be there on the roof, mm -hmm. and then the <laughs> reception. Reception's going to be the there, pool. and then make I'll make sure she has a Kevlar jacket if she wants to go out on the King's Highway and walk uh, up and down. They ain't gonna help her. They'll steal. They'll steal it. They'll <laughs> oh my God! No, Central West End. Nah, hey folks, uh, let's take. Uh, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm just being yeah, honest, man. I'm sad, sorry. Man. I'm just being honest. But the mayor, <laughs> Mr. Shower Jones, is getting the city together, according to everybody. We should do that. By the way, the NFL camps are coming around sooner than later. Can't wait. 
Well, talk, my favorite sport the past few weeks has been women's softball. Yeah. I've been watching it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Alabama, oh my. Uh, no, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma, number and one team. Tom Brady, for then Tom Brady's got a niece that plays for UCLA, and Tom yeah, Brady's like, yeah. she's she's the best athlete in the family. And she she's, the and best she's mixed. Is. She's a mixed woman. Yeah. 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 I like the okay. women's like softball. See, those Brady's got it. They know what they're doing. I like we the women's softball. <laughs> I think women's softball is fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like yeah, I watch it most of the... They got yesterday, I watched it a lot. The game with Alabama. No. What is the, 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 the girl Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Florida State played mm-hmm. the girl, yeah. yeah, twenty-one up and twenty-one down. Mm-hmm. The other night, she had, it was her twenty-first birthday. The pitcher for Oklahoma, yeah, is she that a new hitter? And the girl, the black chick from James Madison, she was good. Yeah, she, she got rocked good. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's really good. So I've been now I like fun that. To I've been watching it. Too. Fun to watch. I like that. There's some cute gals. Yeah. Hey, this portion of That's the show is brought to you by Snooks. Oh, Foles of Honor. This summer, the friends at Snooks are teaming up with the Foles of Honor to send children of fallen or disabled soldiers to college. It's an amazing mission. There are nearly 2 million kids and spouses of military members that will kill the disabled in service to our country. Think about the power of thousands of St. Louis coming together this summer. You go up to the register, round it off. If it's $12.50, round it off, give them another 50 cents. By rounding off your purchase or donate money, or you can donate money from your rewards points. My rewards points now are probably at about $50. Mm. I forgot what the max is. I think it's three figures. You three figures, I mean, none. Fourth of July? Yeah, I'm waiting okay. for the Fourth of July. I got you. That's what we do. That's how they do it. Hey, let's take the time out. This portion <laughs> also brought to you by the Pasta House Company of Greater St. Louis. Yeah. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. Tom Brown. Funkin' for Jamaica. The Cardinals are... Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Already down 2 nothing in the first. Oh we're going to look at the NBA Final Four. Who's going to win? Can the Hawks beat Philadelphia? Mm. Can the Nets mm. beat Milwaukee? Oh, the NBA is idea. really disappointed that guy, LeBron James, is not on stage. Oh, hey. are they? Hmm. Oh hell yeah! LeBron's well, on full t- tune squad. He's yeah, on. A whole, yeah. He's yeah. moved on. He's, yeah, he's already he's already I, promoting I'm his movie. Ready, yeah. He's ready, not watching the games. Sure. You don't think? Came out with some shoes already. Yeah. He's ready to go. He ready to go. Trailers. The guy. ESPN uh, analyst talking about it. Like he's come on, man. About getting Jeez. well, man. Rap song. He worried about making that movie with an album? a hit. Like Shaq. He's trying to make a hit movie. He, didn't he finish fifth in Coach of the Year voting? Yes. I can't wait. Tom Thibodeau won. That's ridiculous. I picked him. You did? Because of the Knicks. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Come on. Monty Williams should have got it. ridiculous that he Monty won. Williams but... won what is... Monty Williams should have won that. The Knicks, if they Remember, were in the West, they, would have been a seven they seed. Picked it they picked the During the season, They were two no. games. What were they? Michael, what were they season. five games above Michael 500? Michael Bunghole. Like, come on. Bunghole. Okay, okay, come did, on. Did it, the, the Phoenix at least were fighting for the one seed. Did it, Did anybody have any expectations of the Knicks going into the season? No. Neither did people in Phoenix either. That's why they won. That's why they won. That's why they won. They won. 37 games. They won. Come they won. on. That's why they won it, though. So upset. I mean, Monty would have won it. Monty Williams should have won it. He obviously should have won You're it. You're saying Michael Bunghole or whatever his name is up at Blue Milwaukee? Yeah. Shouldn't have won. Monty he's about to no, be fired. No, no, no. Monty Williams lost because he had he had more uh, first place votes 
but uh, Tom Thibodeau had more second place votes. That's right. And he won by points. The Monty Williams won the wife got killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sad story. Mm-hmm. When he was with uh, Oklahoma City. Players love it. Or was he with... Uh, he yeah, was he the was Pelicans. Here. Was he with Oklahoma City or the Pelicans? O- Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. You're right, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Assistant. Yep. All right, folks, we'll take another time out. Don't forget, in a few moments, we'll be joined by former Blues, tough guy. He knows I can kick his ass. He oh, knows boy, it. Here we go. And we'll say it on the air. He wait. already knows it. We're going to we'll ask right him back. again. To the Charlie Tuna Show, presented by Ameren, Illinois, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. This portion of the show all to you brought to you by SunTrip BMW of West St. Louis, home of the ultimate driving machine. And I'm about ready to bring on board the ultimate hockey machine. My producer called him up and said, Mr. Chase, are you there? Kelly Chase, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, buddy. How you been? I'm all right. How you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, took a trip out to Idaho. We have a place out here uh, at Lake Coeur d'Alene, and I'm uh, kind of enjoying the sunshine right now off the lake. And uh, so maybe thinking about setting up a tea time for tomorrow because I need a little break. Okay. Also joining us on the show, my two cohorts are Tom and Matt. I hope you don't mind. No, I know you don't. Right. Glad to, glad to be on with them. Yeah. So, of course, everybody has your own talked about. What was your uh, feeling about the Blues season this year, Kelly? Well, it's kind of a mix-mosh of stuff because, you know, when you start thinking about not having the emotion that you have in the buildings, like you're starting to see now in the playoffs where they're filling up again, and then you talk about, the, like, you can say whatever you want about the sacrifices players have to make, and they make a lot of money and so on and so forth. But, but but truly, you don't sign up for. Imagine you could be a you could be a second year player in the National Hockey League right now and never know what the experience of playing in the NHL is really like yet. Imagine that you're going to be a third year pro before you figure out what it's actually like to play in the NHL. What it's actually like to go out in another city, enjoy eating in another town, and seeing what what Boston is actually like, or Montreal uh, is actually like. What it's like to play in front of the hometown St. Louis Blues fans. Um, and the emotion that comes in that building and, and, the, and the emotion that comes with playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They don't know any of that yet. So I think there's a lot of sacrifices made by teams right now, and it takes a different kind of player to be able to motivate themselves. I think it benefited um, the Tampa Bay Lightning last year to get to the Cup, maybe not having the fans, because truthfully, those guys were guys that played didn't play well under pressure, hence the year before when they lost to Columbus when they were the top-ranked team. So I think there's a lot of variables that played into it. I think the Blues have a very good uh, lineup. I think they got to get bigger on the back end again like they were when they won. But other than that, I like that team, and there's some good good young guys that are, in my opinion, bright spots. Uh, they're going to have to 
Kelly, you, you mentioned the, you know, the differences the, between these the last couple of seasons with COVID and the ones before. What's the biggest on and off ice changes otherwise in the league since you played in 2000? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cut out. I, I'm, I apologize. Uh, Michael, that. No problem. I said, I said when we were talking about the, the, the COVID in the last two years and the players and the things that they had to give up, Charlie, quit laughing at me. They uh, also have, uh, you know, those sacrifices. But how has the game changed on and off the ice since your days back in 2000, when you ended up in 2000? Well, well, there's lots of things that have changed since then. I mean, to be honest with you, the worst part about the game right now, the thing that's ruining our game, not ruining it, but it's making it awfully difficult to enjoy the things that, that you really get to enjoy culturally with the playing in the league is phones. Cell phones. I mean, really? video. Uh, everything that you guys mm. you do, you make a wrong turn, and somebody's got you on camera, and they say, "You know, look at the ridiculous thing that this kid did, and he's paid all these millions." Lots of times, it's just a kid being a young guy. You got to learn. You made. I mean, how hypocritical would it be for you or Charlie, especially Charlie and I, to say <laughs> that we never made mistakes? Because I know Charlie, and I know me. <laughs> And I know how we like to go and have a good time. Can you imagine somebody videotaped you every time you did it oh. and sent it out for you? know, it, it's terrible. And for these kids, I feel for them. A lot of them are going to are going to play. And you know, right now, this gaming in their room, uh, playing video games, is the most entertaining thing they can do on the road, and not get in trouble. No video of and you. No video yeah. of you at the Roxy in Vancouver, then. No, no question about it. I, I, I said I watched. I said I washed my hands so many times during COVID <laughs> that I recovered a stamp off the rock. <laughs> so, Chase, so Chase, you're trying to say that Brett Hull wouldn't survive in today's day and age in the NHL with oh, everybody have his cell phones? No. Listen, I'm going to give you some breaking news right here. I know that they talked to him about being on ESPN coming up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and whether they do or they don't, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure they bantered it around about having him on TNT because Gretz is going over there. But I will tell you, um, <laughs> he probably would have had there would have. Now it didn't bother Brett like it would bother a lot of us, but the expectations uh, I think have changed a lot with teams now. So maybe him and I might have had to tap dance around a few stories. That been <laughs> now, guest tonight, former Blues Kelly Chase and longtime friend. I see him out often. We always have a good time. We always talk about who's the toughest him or I. He probably could take me down because I'm a little older now, Kelly. You agree with that? <laughs> Do I think I don't? I don't. I don't know. I think you got a better chance now than you had back then. Okay. All right. Well, you're my buddy now. I'm not going to even try. Hey, what about the physical aspect? We send a lot of tough, tough hits now in the playoff. You agree or you disagree? Well, I think they're just emphasized more because they don't do it anymore. I think that there's no onus on the player anymore to keep his head up through the neutral zone. The onus is always on the player or what they call the attacker. Uh, and, and so I think it's changed it a lot. I think now, you know, you got to be conscious. And what people don't, don't understand is, like, like, first of all, I, I get a kick out of guys. I wasn't trying to hurt him. Yes, you are. <laughs> I don't care who went to the boards. If somebody got a hit in the playoffs, you were 100% going at them to wear them down and to make them hurt because you hope that if you get to the seventh game, what you did in game one and two made an impact on what you're doing in game seven. That's a fact. So don't give me any of the crap about I wasn't trying to hurt them because you were trying to hurt them, and that's the point of the contact in the first place. 
or we wouldn't have it at all. And the second thing is, is that now it's just emphasized more because if you, you have such a split second to react to something. And, and, and yes, it's habit. But when you get a chance to put a lick on a guy and you lean into him, the fact that you miss him by an inch and now you've caught his chin instead of his shoulder, I mean, hitting at somebody at 220 pounds when you're moving as fast as you are and grazing his chin by an inch as opposed to great hitting him on the shoulder, you're expecting the impact of a 220-pound 20, uh, man. And all of a sudden you don't get it and you've stretched out to hit him. Now you've gone by him and you caught his chin and everyone goes he he's a he's a he's a headhunter he you know and you're like that could happen i mean you know man if chris pronger played today he'd have a penalty every shift it, it, it he, you know he was vicious with his stick and now they blow it up it's emphasized it's a it's a big deal it's an issue and it's just honestly it's it's just a different game i don't i i would never knock the game all i have in my life i over the game it doesn't owe me anything it's just a different game. I don't love the game as much as, and I don't love the physical play and the intensity and the rivalries as much. But then again, you got to remember, you got a lot of arm scor- armchair experts now that have sat at home and watched hockey, and now they got a blog page and they can tell you. Uh, and some asshole, re- uh, pardon me, some guy responds to it on top of it all. Okay, this so, is radio. That's okay. So, so just so you know, that's what happens, and then the. You know, that's how the banter starts and the conversation starts. And is it healthy? I don't know. But if I was playing now, I'd never have a social media platform for myself. Hey, Kelly. Uh, it, it, it's very out. Kelly, you know, I, I did an interview with Dennis Robin many years ago. And De- Dennis, I, I said, you get a lot of your fouls early in the first and second period. He said, I want to do that. I want to hard foul him because it'll make him think about it the rest of the game. Is that the way you used to play sure. the game? Well, that's exactly the way I thought of the game, and I, and you know what I, I I thought about it that way because I felt like if I could if I could, um, you know if I could set a precedent early in the game, we no matter what happened, we had a, we had the time to recover of a, maybe a penalty where you made it like not a not a cheap penalty, maybe just a reminder penalty where you where you you made contact and and just remind somebody that you're not going to take advantage of us, and when you did that, it made it a lot harder for teams to are a lot easier for your players on your bench to believe that they weren't going to get in a lot of a lot more thinking on the other team of just what the retribution responses were going to be. So for me, that's how I wanted to play the game because otherwise if I didn't play like that, I'd become obsolete. If I didn't take care of the things that made me effective, then I was going to be obsolete. And I think a lot of guys now are, and that's the general direction. Listen, uh, we're a kinder, gentler hockey league now that's the way it is and everything's like that you know baseball's like that uh basketball's for sure like that um you know i I mean it's just the way it's our society now so you know you have to uh it's like the kids nowadays i can you know scream and holler and about how tough it was with my kids all i want my three boys look at me like i'm crazy (laughs) they go back to doing whatever they were doing and that's just the way society is now they don't care they don't sweat it you know back in the day chaser there was an unwritten rule of Lay off the Hulls, lay off the Gretzkys, the Currys, and those guys, the Bossies. Does that still play in the game today? Is are there some of those guys that are just hands off? Uh, well, yeah, I think so, and I think it's not as hard to play anymore for the superstars. And there were guys that would go out, and it wasn't like you laid off them. It was like if you went and hit them, you had to know what to expect, and there was some kind of a 
you know, people talk about a code, but you just knew what was coming at you if you did that. Like, if you ran at Wayne Gretzky, you, hopefully you were smart enough to know that you had McSorley, McClellan, Semenko. Like, you know, if you didn't know that, then you wouldn't last very long, you know. <laughs> um, now it's kind of like, well, he ran our best player. Let's scream and holler and kick our feet up and down and whine at George Barrows because mm. he's ahead of discipline. You know, like, and don't wait for the league to find you. Like, listen, if I ran Steve Eiserman in Detroit, I didn't need to get a phone. I didn't need to, you know, Gary Bettman to tell me what, what the fine was. I knew what the fine was. It was Probert and Kosher, and they didn't do it again. Or I did, and I knew what it was already, the fine. But now i got to go on a hearing, and they're going to tell me, well, it's a $2,000 fine, and I'm sitting there guessing what the fine is. I knew what the fine was then. Fine was kosher and probert. And if you want to pay the fine, do it before what it was. That's what the fine was. Kelly, is there a player out there today that you're like, man, if I was playing today, I'd be dropping the gloves with you in two seconds and you would not do that again. Is there a player out there like that now? Hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think that there's a, like, there's, I don't, you know, I don't know who the actual guys are to get under your skin. I think that, I think that, you know, I can tell you that I think Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson and guys like that could play when we played, but there's very, people say, ah, the game's too fast. You couldn't have played when you couldn't play now. The game's too fast. Maybe not, but you sure as hell couldn't have played when I played either because you're too soft. <laughs> so I, I can see you know, just a different game. And so I, I don't know that there's guys necessarily that I, you know, that I, <laughs> that I thought were lippy out there or whatever. I kind of chuckle at, but I, but I mean, like right now, um, the game is extremely fast. It's exciting. I think there's some of the most talented athletes right now that's, that I've ever played. It, like I said, it's just a different style of game. And I certainly don't, um, I would never, I'm not, would never knock the game because of the way it is. Like I, I, I admire the speed. I mean, if, if you have, if you can't admire and, and, and sit there and, and smile about the way Connor McDavid, you know, takes off when he plays or the way, um, you know, this McKinnon kid who, he, he does everything. I mean, he scores, hits. I mean, he, how do you want to play? He can play. You know, and that's what I think. That's what I admire. I, I just really think that this, this, the game has got some real exciting young players playing it. And every year there seems to be a young defenseman like McCarr that jump out at you and go, man, this kid's a phenom, like on defense and he's young and he's, he can move and it's the game is played on the move and it's it's fun to watch you know now some people want it rough and tumble and you know i wish there was a little bit more physicality and there was a little less whining but at the end of the day it's the way it is and you better either change with it or get left behind my guest tonight of course is the one and only kelly chase kelly i got a frank cusamano question for you two questions okay. who is the toughest yeah. team you've ever played against teams i should say and who are the two toughest players you've ever played against in your career? Well, um, the toughest team that I think I ever, from a physical standpoint, uh, in junior was the Prince Albert Raiders. The Prince Albert Raiders and the Saskatoon Blades, we had we had a kosher, a couple of Clarks, Twist, myself, Killer Kaminsky, and uh, they and then we would go into into Prince Albert and we would have these unbelievable battles with these guys, seven game series fights. They had Dave Manson and Ken Baumgartner, you know, Patty Elnick was there. They had just Dean Bram kid and Rod Dahlman, and they used to say it isn't a hockey game; it's a work release program. <laughs> and so 
So then, then when I got to the NHL, it was it was always us and the Hawks. You know, it was like a battle with the Hawks. And people s- suspect all the time I'm going to say Detroit because they had Kosher, Kosher and Probert. And I will tell you, I, I thought Bobby Probert was an unbelievably tough customer. You couldn't back him up at all. But Joey Kosher was the toughest guy, him and Dave Brown, in the NHL when I played because if you ever got hit with his right hand, he, he could end your career. So... So that would be the play, uh, the play, you know, the guys, and I never had to, you know, tussle with him. Um, I tell you, from my teammates that I played with, Worcester was as tough as anybody I, I ever seen fight, and Brett Hall is the toughest hockey. I'm going to tell you two guys, <laughs> you guys are not going to suspect I'm going to talk about about tough. Brett Hall is one of the toughest guys I ever played with. He wow. hardly ever went in the room. He was extremely flexible. He would grab a coffee and stretch in the middle of the locker room, never go in the training room, grab a hot pack, go have a coffee, do the USA Today crossword in the middle of the room. And he and he, and guys would pound on him with aluminum sticks. And he would take it, and he would do everything he could to score goals, and that's all he cared about. And the places that Brett Hall went and the areas he went in while he was getting pounded on with aluminum sticks is absolutely amazing to me this day. Can you imagine... Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall, those guys having the ice clean for them every seven minutes. And then, uh-huh. by the way, we're going to play three-on-three in overtime, so we're going to give them more space. Like Gretzky would have another 400 points. <laughs> if nobody touched you in front of the net the way Brett was scoring goals, he would have had 100 goals one year. I mean, it, and so he was extremely tough. Twister was tough. The other guy, I, this is my tough story about a guy, was Chris McAlpine. Uh, Chris McAlpine, no one knew much about. We called him the mule and and he he would tape his wrist every day before uh, practice in the games, tape his own wrist because he hurt his wrist. And in the playoffs, he broke his foot in game one of the L.A. series, and in, and he we had a two-day break for some reason. He asked if he could try and put his broken foot in his boot on the day off, and he went out and skated, and somehow the, doc, he, the doctor's like, well, it can't get any worse. It's broken. So... He convinced Quenville to let him play in the playoffs, and he played games three, four, and five. And Quenville said, that's it. We were getting healthy. He said, you're on the shelf now. You're done. And uh, so they made Newell go to the – he said, I want you to go get your foot casted because otherwise he's going to try and talk him into putting a boot on him and, and play in the next round. So he, he put his boot on, and then he came back from the hospital, and he had a cast from his fingertips to his armpit. And on his on his hand, and his foot was in a cast. He looked like he came out of a mash movie. <laughs> and what, the, what the hell happened? And he said, "Well, here his wrist was broken in a couple places when they they got there and X-rayed it." He said, "Take one of my wrists too. My wrist's been bugging me since about February, and here his wrist was broken a couple places, and they had to put pins in it." And so he played with his. You know, with his broken wrist and broken foot. And he never said nothing to anybody, never whined. They put those needles in his feet in the playoffs to give him Novocaine, and they stuck the first one in his side of his foot and the next one between his big toe and his feet and in his side. And, and he was just holding on to the table, sweating. And he's always had a chew in, and he was chewing tobacco and smiling. And the next thing you know, he's out playing. And I'm like, that is one tough man. I don't care. You know, people talk about fighting, and they identify that with being tough. No, that's not always the case. I think there was a lot of really tough guys that had a lot of character and a lot of pride that I played with and never really always dropped the gloves. Yeah, we have Dr. Rick on every week, and he told the story of Dave Anderchuk and how he'd say, oh, you're not going to play. And he'd say, oh, mm-hmm, F you, and now I'm going to get out there. And he played the entire Tampa series 
with uh, with something broken in his leg. So it, it's incredible what you guys, what people would sacrifice to, to do. Well, it's true. You know, like, look, we, we know Lonnie, Ronnie Lott cut his finger up uh, so he could play. And we know there's guys that, you know, that, that you admired as players that you would say all of the time, hey, listen, this guy is extremely tough. And you talk about, and but, but not necessarily the kind of toughness you would think from fighting, but just going in the corner first and coming out with a puck and standing in front of the net when Al McInnes is shooting 104 miles an hour, 103 miles an hour, and 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 having the confidence in Al that it, that he wouldn't hit you or 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 the confidence he wouldn't shoot it up high, so it, you hope it wouldn't go off a stick and hit you in the face. But but imagine you know somebody's shooting a, that vulcanized rubber that's I think it's six and a half ounces of rubber, and they're they're hammering it at you, um, you know, a hundred miles an hour from forty-five, fifty feet, and you're you're trusting. And you go to those areas every game, like Holly did, and like Kachuk and those guys did. Keith Kachuk is one tough man, you know. Like you, Scott Mellenby, those guys, I have a tremendous amount of respect for because they went to those areas every night, and it was miserable, and they played a lot of minutes and took a lot of beatings to score goals and pay a price to be successful. So I admire them a lot. When you Kelly, when you got hit the hardest, who threw the punch? Well, the worst beating I ever got was Link Gates. Um, I was in the minors, <laughs> uh, and um, <clears throat> I got into a, a fight. I hit Link Gates, and, I mean, he had equipment there. It was like a yard sale, <laughs> and he was picking his stuff up, and he knocked the wind out of me when I hit him, and I kind of went over <laughs> to him. And he clubbed me over the head with his stick, and he never got a penalty. And so Wayne Thomas was coaching, and about uh, two minutes left, I mean, 20 seconds left in the period, links out on the ice. We have the last change, end of the second period. Wayne puts me out on the ice. And I, to this day, I'm like, Does he not, did he not like me, I wonder, or what? <laughs> but what a dumb move. Like, he knows that Link's all mad at me and everything. And he puts me out there, and he comes flying across the ice, and he... Um, crushes me with a hit, drops his gloves. It's in in Peoria, and uh, <clears throat> I fight with him. And I'm, and I mean, I got my head back, and I'm swinging as hard. I'm giving it, giving it hell, like everything I got. And, and um, unfortunately, it didn't seem to bug him. It was like I was tickling him, and he he proceeded to punch the hell out of me and switch hands. And when you end the fight with your chin on a guy's skate laces, you have officially got third. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I finished the fight and I'm like, oh my god! And I've never, I never to that point had ever been cut in a fight. And all the fights I had, I think I've been cut about three or four times. Uh, actually, twice that I know of, but maybe three times. And uh, Link had cut me under the eye, and I was getting, I needed about four stitches, and he really hammered me, you know. So I was like, I was just trying to figure out my bearings about me and the whole works and. <clears throat> Lo and behold, Twister walks in the locker room. He says, don't worry, I got him. <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't want you doing it. He goes, no, no, no. And he had, he had whipped Twister up pretty good in uh, in the minor, or in the and then junior the year before. Uh, and and so so Twister had a little vendetta going, and he, was, he goes, I got my Twister, please. I'm at home. I want to fight him again because with my little bit of pride, you know. And by the time I had got stitched up and was coming out onto the ice, Twister and him were just squaring off for a fight, and Twister knocked him out. So if I wasn't embarrassed <laughs> enough by his feet, now Big Brothers knocked the guy out for me. <laughs> so the, the worst part about the whole thing is 
is uh, the uh, Milwaukee Admirals were in town a day early to watch the game, and they watched us play that night. They were coming in from somewhere else, and we played them the next night. And I'm out on the bench the next night. I got a black eye. I got a I stitches under my eye. I got a black eye, fat lip. And Jose Charbonneau is saying, hey, Chaser, I saw you last night. Not so good. Not so good. And he's bugging me from the back. I want to strangle this guy, right? And uh, so I, so they watched it happen, which was more embarrassing. And the very next day, I got called up. And uh, I got to the NHL. I was going to play my first game. And I was stretching at center ice, and Mario Marois was there, and Mario was funny. <laughs> and I didn't know him at all because they'd picked him up on waivers, and we were stretching, and he says, Hey, Ali, is this the tough guy you tell me about? <laughs> Ali said, Yep. He said, He don't look so good to me. <laughs> and, uh, the boys were howling because I was all banged up, and I and Ali was like, "What happened to you down there?" I said, "Man, this link case beat the hell out of me." <laughs> so I, uh, that's the worst I ever got in the NHL. I don't really know. Like I thought I fared pretty well with guys. I never would wanted to give an inch. I always felt like I was undersized a little bit. So I was going to make up for it. The longer it went, the better I was going to be in the fight, and I tried to hang in there. Kelly Chase, my guest. Kelly, only a couple more questions. Other than hockey, what other sports do you like? I know I talked to you tonight about the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns last week losing. What other sports do you like to watch? Um, well, I'm a baseball fan. I love baseball. I watch football. I mean, I'm, um, you know, the place where I'm at right now is Sean Payton's up here. We've become really close friends. And, and so I went to New Orleans and got to go to the game and see Breeze play his last game. Uh, against Brady, and I, you know, I become a fo- uh, more of a Saints fan as well as just a football fan. I've always been a baseball fan. I've loved all sports. I played all sports when I was a kid. You know, I, I really I loved it, um, and and had the opportunity as especially in broadcasting too to get to meet a lot of guys, former players, and stuff that I've really um, become friends with. But in, in basketball, hey, I gotta ask you. I, I, I haven't been following this. Real well. I know the Suns. You said it's an upset, but the Lakers had a poor record. Why was it an upset? Well, the reason why the Lakers had a poor record is because LeBron James and Anthony Davis had been out for several weeks, and that's why they were in first place before they got hurt, and that's why their record was poor. That's the reason why. So you're saying because they came back. Okay, so then the next question is, why the president of the what did what happened? What did what did he say of the seventy sixers? Was it Raul that said something about what exactly did he put out in post? Who was this though? There was a tweet that went out with two words, and it was just the simple two words that were said from who? From uh, the one dude from the seventy sixers. Um, yeah, uh, he's got like a oh, a billabilist or something in his name, oh. and he got he got yeah, Chase. He got, yeah, he got fined for how much was it? What was it? You remember, Joe? We're gonna look. Five, I have to look that up. Five, I hadn't heard. Uh, but it was two, two, five grand, but they never put it in the story, and I couldn't <laughs> find the tweet, so I was reading about it. Yeah, there were. I think it was like words. about a week ago or something, right? And okay. I yeah, we're looking for the tweet now, and, and it was just two words. I think that he said well, that got him in trouble. One thing I will say. Kelly, and you were right. The NBA now is so soft. The NBA may be the softest sports there is right now. When you look back in the old days when you had the bad boys and, you know, the Bill Lambeers and people, NBA yeah, now, yeah, you can yeah. blow on a guy and you'll get a foul. Well, I just don't, but but listen, I don't. it's the culture. It's not just the NBA. It's, but, but, like, 
there right. used to be some type of pride in knowing that all of these people and kids and that were admiring you. And to be a player, you had to be tough. Right. Baseball, get hit, get up, go. Now you throw inside and everyone's whining in here like, like Bob Gibson. What would he do today? I mean, they'd oh. suspend him. He'd get up to play four times. He'd cruise three in under your chin and hit you in the middle of the back the next time you acted like that. And he'd throw him out of their league for a week. But you know so what happens? Mean, the kids, The kids are the same way now. Some of the well, kids are the same I mean, way. They, while they're visual learners, they're watching these guys that are their heroes, and they're and they're not. They're not acting like that. So to me, I'm like, listen, you know, there's an example to be set, and at some point, you know, you got to have some pride to play. The, the soccer stuff is getting creeping into basketball and hockey. That's right. what I think. Hey, Kelly. Uh, my producer, Joe Davis, just looked up that tweet. What was it, Joe? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Daryl Morey. He's the GM for the 76ers. Yeah. He tweeted out, uh, yeah. join them, talking about uh, he wants Steph Curry to join his brother Seth with the 76ers. Uh, so he's being fine for tampering. Oh, for tampering. tampering. It's called tampering. 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 I got you. Okay. I never. I, could, I couldn't find the tweet. So I was trying to figure out, like, because there's some goofy stuff that happens. And, you know, like, like I think uh, – Cuban's got to be leading the NBA and in, in getting slapped in the hand and not getting <laughs> right. fined. And then there's times where then there's times where you know he's basically running the league now. So so you but then there's times where you got you know you get some of these guys they say stuff in you and and, and and you wonder how did that guy get that job? Right. How did he get it? Right. It's like it's like driving down the road and you see a turtle on a fence post. <laughs> Some cruel individual. Somebody did. Right, right, and he, right, and he can't help himself, and he can't get down. If you don't know how he got up there, that's kind of like some of these executives in sports right now. They're like turtles on fence posts. Someone put them there. They don't know why they're there. How they got, we don't know how they got there. We just. I may have to steal that, Kelly, just so mm. you know. Uh, hey, Kelly, thanks very, thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> thanks for being a friend for me with all these years. I remember when you and Brett and I used to go into, remember Battle Bands in the Central West End? Battle Bands, baby. Battle Bands on Sunday night. That's right. Sunday oh, my night. goodness. Me and you, <laughs> Brett, we used to have a good time. Kelly, yeah. I'll be in touch, and we'll get together maybe at Annie Guns or somewhere when you get back in town, okay? I'd, I'd like that. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. That's Kelly Chase, boy. <laughs> him, like you said, we got yeah. some stories. Some good oh, stories. Oh, yeah. I'd like, like to hear some stories. Hall stories. We're going to have Brent Hall. I'm going to get Brent Hall on next week. Well, we if you can stories. get us together while I'd like to hear uncensored Kelly Chase. I'm sure those stories are true. Oh, yeah, I got a good Kelly Chase story. I got some stories. I can't tell them. Especially him and Brent Hall hanging out together. Those are my stories. I remember the first. First time I met uh what's the coach Mike Keenan. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> I got some stories about Mike. I got stories about everybody. Hey, we're gonna take the top of the hour time out. <laughs> when we come back, Howard Balls will be this with us live from Phoenix, Arizona.
Welcome back to the Charlie Tuna Show, presented by Ameren, Illinois, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. This is the vivacious Donna Summer. She was in Motown, but she was close to it. This portion of the show is brought to you by Pose Bonner, Snooks. Don't forget, you can bid on several game-worn autographs. Number 42, Jackie Robinson Day Cardinal jerseys, including Nolan Arenada, Yadier Molina. So Yadier Molina, birthday was 17 years with the Cardinals as of yesterday. Many other cool items that will help support Foles of Honor, including autographed blues memorabilia, a Grants Farm VIP safari tour, and cooking with Ozzy Smith. Experience for you and 10 guests. Let's go snooks.com. All money raised goes to Foes of Honor. Without ado, let's go live and in living color. One of the recipients of the Ballot Bands of the Year Award. <laughs> Howard Balls, what's up, Howard? <laughs> you were never down there, were you? Oh, gosh, never. I yeah, would never, never. go to that place, right, Tuna? Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody, everybody came. I remember one night I brought uh, Stan Kroc in the Ballot Bands. Oh, Lord. He had a grand time. He loved Ballot Bands. He would love you that know, restaurant. You know, it's interesting. I saw a column. Mark McGuire. I'll tell you what else I, got, I brought there, too. I'll tell you one, one Sunday night they closed the restaurant. What's Wayne Gretzky's wife's name? Janet Jan Jones. Janet yeah. Jones. They wouldn't let her mm-hmm. I said, man, you better let her in. Rodney Dangerfield. All, yeah. all the celebrities were hey, coming about yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. I saw <laughs> uh, over the weekend uh, Bill McClellan in the Post wrote a column about uh, you know Central West End yeah. uh, and just talking about all the places that everybody used to hang out in that aren't there anymore. Mm. And it's just a sign, uh, sign of the times. But as you were playing Donna Summer, though, I was, I was just guys. Can you can just 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 close your eyes and imagine the seventies and disco years. Yeah. Just imagine tune in the disco years. Oh my right? goodness! <laughs> did you wear, did you wear bell bottoms? Platform pants? shoes. No, I, I had a pair of platform shoes that was so high. My pants were <laughs> high waters. Well, you, Where'd you go, Rosdell's? The funny no, thing about that. There was another when, place when, I went to. I did go to Rosdell's, and I went to Joe's Clothes Shop. Oh yeah, because I did red color shirts. Yeah. I, have, I, I had I had some platform shoes and I hung on <laughs> to a pair, and finally could you walk you know, in them? Could you walk in them the first oh, time yeah. you put them on? Oh, the first day. Yeah, well, you took a little bit of getting used. You had to, to hold your hand on the wall. That's hilarious, Detroit. But, but I had a wall. pair. I had a pair of white ones. Oh, that I hung on to, and I white. still had them <laughs> in my Herman closet. Have, yeah, I still had them in my closet when we were hat? cleaning out everything to move to Arizona. <laughs> you and found my wife them? finally said, you're not taking those with you. So <laughs> I, t- I took a picture. I've got it in my phone. I took a picture of those shoes, and it was it's pretty funny. Did you, you, have a big hat, did you have a big hat also <laughs> with the feather in it? No, I, I didn't do that. I uh, didn't do that. But I had I, I I used to wear bow ties and I had whoa. these wild sport jackets, man. And, yeah. and of course, not only the bell bottoms, but the leisure suits. Oh, oh man, man. Oh, suits. where the whole I thing had, looked the same. Howard, and, I'm gonna show a picture to them. I had what, what oh. the black entertainers used to have what they call a process. <laughs> I had a, yeah, oh, I, process. Got I went to the beauty shop and got a wave in my hair. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I gotta see it. I wish I got some cell phone cameras. I had then. curls. I had curls all in my oh head. My yeah, the Jackie Wilson. Every, yeah, every time I go, because I used to work out all the time. Every time I go play basketball, I had to go get a new hairdo. <laughs> now, like Howard, your hair is not like. I mean, you got still a full head of hair, but it's not like real curly or anything. So you probably didn't have like the fro or anything like that back no, then, did you? Not that, but I, but I didn't know it. I did have long hair and. 
and I have, I have some good pictures from that day. A couple of those are on my phone also from uh, my, my college picture where my where my hair was all close, not quite, but all close to my shoulder. Yeah. And, yeah, I had uh, I, I had some hair back then. Awesome. People, I think we talked about this one night when we were talking about lookalikes, where people used to say I look like Tony Orlando back in the day when <laughs> oh I had that long you did. hair. <laughs> Tony That's Orlando great. and Don. Howard, <laughs> Balzer, Howard Balzer and Don. Tie a yellow ribbon. <laughs> We're going to go out tonight with him singing Tie a Yellow Ribbon. They've got that one go. episode of you on ESPN when you look just like Tony Orlando. Oh, my gosh. Tony, hey, Howard, let's jump over to sports real quick. This is the big story. Julio Jones mm-hmm. is not going to wear number two, right? I don't know if he's picked his number yet. He picked it. Um, be, he picked he number two. Pick yep. Oh, he did pick number two, yeah, number because... Two. They had another guy. I think they had another guy with eleven, and he was saying, no, "I'm cool. You know, I'm cool with not having that number." And I knew he was picking another number, and so yeah, he's uh, with, with the Tennessee Titans now, and moves on. And it, uh, you know, it's just it's just the way it is in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers not at minicamp, and that was just, You know, all the wild stories in, in the NFL continue on. How is how big of a blow is that for the Falcons to lose him? <laughs> they well, they money. Were, well, I know they, they got they, money, but I mean, yeah. player-wise. I, I, you know, I, the, the thing that's interesting to me about this whole situation is that he didn't want, he didn't want to go there, or he didn't want to stay there, basically, with the, with, the, with, with the change, with the new head coach, new general manager, didn't want to go through a, quote, rebuild. But they're not really rebuilding. Mm-mm. That's the thing about it. Now, now, I would understand it if they decide to move on, let's say, from Matt Ryan. But they're not, and they still have Calvin Ridley. They draft Kyle Pitts, and and I, if, if I'm Julio Jones, and there was a lot of stories that oh he, he wants to go somewhere. The team he wants to go to is a team with a with a big strong arm quarterback. Well, you know he's going to now. Ryan Tannehill has played well over the last couple of years in large part because they have Derrick Henry, and he knows he 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 doesn't have to make any crazy decisions because they, they, they've got that balance of the running game. But to still have Matt Ryan, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to stay there? But he, he never even answered the phone when the new head coach, Arthur Smith, called, tried to get in touch with him during the offseason. He wouldn't even take his calls. So they knew he wanted out, and they... Which is tough because you're not going to get the best deal. And Matt Ryan is a strong. And Matt Ryan is a strong arm quarterback. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you know you, you've done all you have with him. Now you're going to a team with Ryan Tannehill, who who's you know I'm not I'm not besmirching him or saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's not Matt Ryan. So I think it'd be really interesting to see if he ends up being happy in Tennessee with the role he will have in a team that's still going to run the ball an awful lot. With Derrick Henry, yeah. on the other hand, he might be looking at it and say, "Hey, this could prolong my career because you know because we'll have good balance. Hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll be a winning team. They've been a winning team the last couple of years, and and so I'm sure he figures that they have a better chance at, at doing some things in the postseason than perhaps the Falcons do." Howard, the, 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 from the Tennessee standpoint, this trade to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you you let Corey Davis go because you don't think you can afford him, but you bring in Julio Jones, who's making more money than what Corey Davis is. I would also imagine that Corey Davis at this point in his career might be better than Julio Jones, and you bring in another wide receiver when you're a power running team. And last year, the reason you're pro- the, the reason why you failed uh, last last season was because your defense was no good. So mm-hmm. to me, this whole trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, there are some things that you wonder about, and with Corey Davis, I'd have to look up what his exact deal was. But he, you know, he has a bunch of guaranteed money 
in that, and, for, and and the Titans know him well, obviously. So they're they're making that decision in terms of not well, paying him what you know what he he was getting with uh, with the Jets, and and so. But here's the interesting thing: there's all this run. You know, is 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 Julio Jones? I mean, he's got three years left on his contract, and there's the fifteen point three million guaranteed this year. Only two guaranteed next year, and that's it for the guarantees on the deal. Now, there's been talk that he wants a new contract, but, hey, the guy's 32 years old. I, I don't know the Titans are all of a sudden going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, we'll add two years to the deal and give you all this guaranteed yeah, money. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, well, maybe, the, maybe they'll guarantee gonna, a little bit more happen. next year. It's going to happen. Maybe they'll guarantee a little bit I'll more next year. I'll tell you, it's going to happen. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen. His agent makes sure it's going to happen, Howard. I'll tell you what, I was happy with the Tennessee deal. And the reason why, Howard... Because we know they got a tremendous running game, and their passing game didn't live up to it all the time. But they're going to be better on offense. I know they were an offensive team, but the deep, they do need defense. But I tell you what, his agent I think is t- is Tom Condon, Julio Jones. <laughs> so that's all I got to say, Howard. Yeah. But, well, no, you know. exactly. But I'll tell you, you know, you know, they've they've got you know AJ Brown, who uh, and, and and here's the thing: we don't look at Tannehill as being this big strong arm quarterback, and. But but he's he's pretty good. I mean he you know he averaged almost eight yards per attempt last year, and both Brown and Corey Davis averaged over fifteen yards per reception. And so I'm sure they're looking at this and saying, man, look what we can do with Julio Jones. Now he's got to stay healthy. You know that's going to be the big thing because he, he missed a whole thing. bunch of games last year. But you know the guy. But you know he doesn't have a lot of years because he is 32, and that gets to be a little dangerous area. But Howard, let's say this. When you're drafted in the NFL as a wide receiver, in most cases it takes a wide receiver sometimes two or three years to, you know, learn that learn these skills in the NFL because you can't oh, just definitely. run just can't run down the field like you do in college. Julio Jones is one of those kind of wide receivers. When he first came out, he was a polished wide receiver. But you're right. When you get to be 32 in the NFL and you're playing that power position, it's kind of tough. Yeah, it is. and he's a physical guy. I mean, that's a big part of his game. So. It'll be interesting, you know, spreading the ball around to the the, the different guys uh, that they have there and how they are going to run this offense. But I'm I'm sure on another level they're looking at it like, hey, we've got Julio Jones now to go with these other receivers, and we don't we don't have. I mean, Derrick Henry had 378 rushing attempts last year. It's a lot. And no. then you throw in his 19 receptions, not much, but you know that that's close to 400 touches. In a season, that's a lot, and so, obviously, and so they could be looking at something and saying, "Hey, we, we've we've got to slow down on this guy, otherwise, it, he's not going to last much longer." And so that that could be a factor too. Now we'll throw it a little more. Teams will still have to account for for Henry's presence. I mean, he still averaged. I mean, he averaged over five yards a carry, five point four with seventeen touchdowns. So I think it's going to be an interesting, a very interesting Tennessee team now with Julio Jones, obviously. Howard, are there any other disgruntled players who we might see being traded in this next month or so before training camp starts? Um, I don't think there's any other disgruntled players in the NFL, are there? <laughs> well, well, obviously Aaron Rodgers, and who, who knows how that one's going to end up. And everybody's got their opinion, everybody's speculating, and he's obviously not at minicamp this week, and the Packers hold the key. What will, what will Rodgers do, though? I mean, well, if nothing happens between now and training camp, which is only what about six weeks away, six seven weeks away, will he not report? Will he just go through the supposed 
reti- and just say, oh, I'm retiring, which doesn't really mean anything because you can announce your retirement and then come back and play just about any time. And so that, you know, what, what could be interesting, what Rogers could do is suppose he announces his retirement and then he can't be fined for missing training camp. And then a week before the season, he's, and now they're playing Jordan Love in all these preseason games. They're preparing for life with Jordan Love, supposedly. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers says, ah, you know what? I've decided I'm, I'm reporting. And then what do the, what do the Packers do? As, as what happened with, with Brett Favre. Maybe he's take, mm-hmm. maybe he's going to take a page out of the Brett Favre playbook. Now it would be tough to go to another team at that stage of the, of the year. But who knows? Who knows if some team gets it, you know, quarterback gets hurt. In training camp. Carson, Who knows what might happen? Carson Palmer. So, Howard, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I, I'm pulling up SI.com, and uh, I go to the <laughs> MMQB page, and there's a video of you and Alex uh, Weiner. On the regular page? On the regular page. What on, are they on doing? On MMQB. You two are looking at the camera talking about something. I don't have the volume turned up. Oh. but uh, Wow. Here I am so talking to you, and I, you're everywhere, Howard. I've got you on my channel. i got you on the radio. Howard oh my God. wasn't running a route or anything for somebody? Well, that was, well, that was, to, no, that was, that was probably today. Because but your hair is white. Mine's not. Oh, my Cardinals goodness. Had, <laughs> well, talking about disgruntled play, I don't think he's disgruntled, but probably what the, the video was about was Chandler Jones, mm. uh-huh. and the Cardinals are having minicamp. Yeah, they just showed him, so, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and he did not report and ha- isn't there. And so didn't play much last year because of a torn biceps, but is in the final year of his contract, is making his salary is $15.5 million, but he's probably looking at it, and, and none of it's guaranteed. And he is 31, so he's probably looking to say, my last year, my contract, I love it here. Hey, let's get a contract extension done. That maybe doesn't want to take a chance of another injury. Well, from the Cardinals' standpoint, they're going well. You know, you're getting to that point where how much are we going to risk at this? But and so, uh, but the weird thing was, go though, guys, is he was in the building um, yesterday. They had their quote. They called it media day, but they were taking photos and did a photo shoot. And he, they had this photo with him and JJ Watt, and JJ Watt put it on Twitter. So he's in the building yesterday. But he's not going out on the field. And then Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it, obviously, and he never says anything. And he just said, well, yeah, we're aware of the situation. And then when he was asked, you expect him at minicamp tomorrow or Thursday? And he goes, I don't. No. And that was, that was, that was, the, that was the extent of his answer. So I'm sure he's, he's looking for some of that, you know, some guaranteed money here. And I know he he wants to be with the Cardinals, but but every team every player says that. Mm. But hey, if they can move on and be somewhere else, then then they'll do it. But this is what this is one of those rare contracts, guys. He signed this. It was a five year deal, eighty two, it's either eighty two or eighty two and a half million dollars when he was a franchise player in twenty seventeen. So if he does play it play it out, basically, he's one of those rare guys with a five year contract that will play out the contract. And so, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens from here. You know, we'll, a lot of fans don't realize this. I don't care who the player is. When he holds out or sits out, there's one person on that team that hates it, and that's the coach, isn't it? Oh yeah, your coach. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. They, they I don't, and I, I don't care if the player is right. The coach doesn't want him to hold out. Well, no question. They they want the players there, and then and then of course they and they also hate being asked about it because then they have to give 
the usual answer. Well, I you know just have to coach the guys here. The funny thing today is Buda Baker, who was available on, on an interview, and so they had two players available, and of course they were asked about them. And it was funny because no one is saying it's a contract, but then each of those guys, Humph- DJ Humphreys, their left tackle, and Buda Baker said, "Well, you know, this is the business world of the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, business is business." So it was like they were bas- they were the ones that were essentially admitting that this is about. Bit about a contract, but then Buddha, Buddha Baker, he's well versed in coach speak because he said, because someone asked him, this could be a distraction. He said, no, we're not going to be distracted by it. We just, we, we just have to go out there and prepare and play. And I only worry about the guys that are here. And that's, that sounded like a coach uh, saying that. And he says, but when he's here, he'll be here. So I think they all expect it to be settled and to get done. And right now is probably just a little bit of differences between the team and, and Chandler Jones on what a new structure, how long, how many years, uh, with a structure of that contract will be. But I think, but it's, it hasn't been to the point where it's, oh, this is a disgruntled guy and he's talked about he wants out. Because if that was the case, he wouldn't have been there yesterday getting his, you know, getting the photos taken. So he pulled a Hyman Roth and said, this is the business that we have chosen. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Howard, I, I heard this that Peter King wrote, I guess, yesterday in MMQB that what the Packers ought to do is come to an agreement with Aaron Rodgers saying that, hey, this is your last year of the guaranteed money. We'll trade you after this season. Could you see anything like that working in the NFL? I think it could. It's funny he wrote that because I, I said that. I think I probably said it here. I said you that did. a month ago. You did. You know, you know, because I said that. Because, and I thought that that might be the best thing for Aaron Rodgers because next year he'll probably, he can potentially land in a better place and a lot earlier in the offseason than he will if something happens this year where he is traded. And, and where, where's it going? You know, most teams have made their decisions on who their guy is. Now, that doesn't mean that Denver wouldn't say, hey, let, let's bring him in. But then, man, he's, he's got to learn on the fly, basically, when training camp starts, a new offense, new players, and all those things. So I, I, I talked about it from the standpoint it, it would probably be best for each side if, if they did that quietly. You're not going to announce it. But, uh, and, and, it and it probably would have been easier to do that earlier in the process. You know, just come to an agreement uh, but then, you know, even Sunday, Mark Murphy, the team president, mm-hmm. had this uh, little newsletter that he does on the team website. And he talked about how this situation has divided the fan base. But then he said, our intention, and the thing they said all along is, Aaron Rodgers, we want Aaron Rodgers to be our quarterback this year. But then Murphy said, we want him to be our quarterback this year and beyond. Well, what Aaron Rodgers is saying, if that's true, and he doesn't believe it to be true because he, he, he figured the plan all along after they drafted Jordan Love is that he would be starting in his third season, which would be next year, of course. And so if they wanted him for and beyond, then Aaron Rodgers said, okay, well, let's do my contract then. Guarantee me some money. Uh, put, and it's not necessarily the total money, but guaranteed it because uh, there's not many guarantees, if any. I don't think there's guarantees left after this year of his contract. And so that that was you know that was the key in terms of of what his approach was but the the Packers wouldn't do that. So don't say that you want him you, you want a guy here for the future beyond this year and then not do anything to make the guy really believe that it's true. And so that I think that has fueled this whole thing that has gotten him to the point where he just doesn't want to be there. Uh, anymore because he doesn't trust them and he doesn't he th- doesn't think the general manager has handled it very professionally so uh, 
So, but I, I think it still could be done, and it might. And like I said, it might be best for him if if he does that. But we'll see. You know, we'll see in a month or so if he's in training camp if he's really going to push to get out of there. But you know, that's one of those things, guys, where you say be careful. I mean, the guy's a hell of a player, obviously, but be careful what you wish for because it's not that easy to just walk into a new team and, and, and have it go the way that you want it to go. Now, Phillip Rivers last year, of course, uh, went, went to Indianapolis, ended up having a pretty good year for them, but it was, it was a rough start. It wasn't as good early, and, of course, they didn't have an offseason anyway, uh, but nobody had an offseason last year. So maybe that's what Aaron Rodgers is looking at too. Hey, there was no offseason last year. I can go in and learn a new system. I can learn new players. But is it is he going to go to a team, though, that really has a chance to win? Is that going to happen? Uh, and so we'll see. I was only asked, Mark Murphy, the CEO, he's the big, you know, the, the mouthpiece for the stockholders. He's worked his way up with those the Packers franchise. How did he do that, Howard? He wasn't a former Packer. He came from Northwestern, I think. How does he work his way up in the last 13 years and they've only won one championship? Well, but they've still been good. <laughs> I mean, and he obviously he has the trust of the board of directors. <laughs> and, you know, they've still, they've still been pretty darn good over those 13 years. Even I mean, that would be like saying the Colts only won one Super Bowl when Peyton Manning was there. Does that mean that <laughs> it wasn't successful? Touche. I mean, you know, most, 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 team, most teams don't win a lot of Super Bowls. You know, the Patriots are the exception. Uh, to that, does it mean that the Saints didn't have a great run for 2006 through 2000? That's what 15 seasons with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Does that mean it wasn't successful because they only won one Super Bowl? I think that's a you know a pretty, pretty forget, crazy standard to make. Not, to make everybody. The team doesn't up. have an owner either. No, that's he's the well, bo- and, he's a stockholder. Right. Yeah, and, and that's and, why and they that, like and, and that's a part of it. You know, there's a guy named Andrew Brandt. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show. Mm-hmm. He used to work for the Packers. Used to be an agent. He now he actually now writes for SI.com and has a, a newsletter that he puts out. And he talked about the philosophy of the Packers because they don't have an owner. He believes that if they had an owner, that an owner would have stepped in and told his general manager or told the club president, get this settled. Find a way to have this guy back here. This is ridiculous. You can't have a thing like this. But they don't have that owner. And he said that the board of directors of the Packers have always ceded authority to the general manager. That's right. Before, before Brian Gutenkus, it was Ted Thompson. And both of them are what you would say are not real good Person, not 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 great personalities, you know, not uh, not great communicators with the players. They don't think they have to do that. They're just grinders. You know, they came up as scouts, and they they worked their way up as scouts to be pers- into personnel and then become general managers. And Brand said that's just the way they do things, and and it's just, it's just not a real good culture at times. And Aaron Rodgers talked about that. He talked about that in his interview with Kenny Mayne on ESPN a couple of weeks ago, where it's about philosophy, it's about culture, and he says, I love the team, I love the players, I love the coach, I love the fans, he, but he, and he didn't come out right out and say it, but obviously he doesn't like the people who run the football side of the operation and the personnel, because mm-hmm. he, you know, and here's the thing, you know, um, Bruce Arians was talking last week about how in the offseason, he gave a list and some tape yeah. to Tom Brady of four or five wide receivers and just said, hey, look, look, at this, look at this tape and just give me your opinion. Give me your thoughts on these guys. 
You think they think the Packers did that with Aaron Rodgers? No, no. They, they never. They hardly ever. They never talked to the guy. The Chiefs, before they drafted Patrick Mahomes, talked, told Alex Smith what was uh, what was going to happen and what their plan was, and so uh, that and, and 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 what got Deshaun Watson upset in Houston before all the craziness started? The team told him that they were that they were you know asked him his opinion on potential head coaches and potential general managers, and then he gave them his opinion. They didn't even interview the guys that, that he suggested. And so, so don't play like you're going to do that with a, with a guy who's your face of the franchise and don't do it, or don't do it at all. And, and so that's, you know, so, some, some, fan, some people would say, well, no, you know, just play football. That's your job, play football. Well, you know, there's certain guys that you've got, you've got to make them feel that they're a part of things, especially when they're, when they're the quarterback. And the, and the Packers never made an effort to do that with Aaron Rodgers, just like they didn't do it with Brett Favre. Maybe they might have done it a little more with Brett Favre, uh, but I, I doubt it. I, I really doubt it. I mean, they let Aaron Rodgers, they, they let the QB coach go too and didn't even tell him. And, and Green Bay, they let the coach go, the QB coach go. They're like, oh, well, and, and Rodgers was really close to him. They just let him go and didn't even tell him. Yeah. So you know, there's certain things that you just you just give. I'm, I'm trying to think. There was another team besides the Chiefs that uh, that that told the quarterback that that they were going to be drafting another guy. So well, it, and, it was um um it was Alex Smith when he was with Kansas City. Yeah, right. Well, I just mentioned that one. I think there's another team that that I that I that I think you know did it too in the last. You know, in the last few years, but you know they they just didn't do it, and and so and and so what what message are you sending to your quarterback? And I mean, th- this is a guy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, and he and he and he believes, and I've said this from the start, and it was interesting to hear him come out and say that. He says I messed up their plan when I had the year I had last year. I mean, he had forty eight touchdown passes, and. I mean, gosh, I mean, and with that, not even a great receiving core beyond Devontae Adams. I think he had close to a nine, nine yards per attempt average. He led the league in completion percentage. You know how many interceptions Aaron Rodgers has had in the last three years combined? Mm. It's, it's five, I haven't, I haven't single digits, five, maybe? Five? No, close, close. Eleven. Ooh. Eleven. Huh? I guarantee you, that is I a... guarantee you, and granted, it's, it's unfair to compare Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers, but whatever... <laughs> You know, I, I guarantee you, he's going to throw more than eleven interceptions. Uh, in, <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in in one, in maybe in half a season uh, when games. he gets in there and plays, and, that, and that's, that's a little unfair. <laughs> but you know unfair. what's what's, what's unfair to him? Interceptions that that's that's ridiculous. He has a lot of he has more pressure on him than any quarterback in the league. Oh, right now, yeah, right now, yeah. Well, especially if he has to end up having to play. Yeah, he he may have and, to. And 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 then it's funny you listen to listen to everybody, oh you know how how much of you know how much progress he's made how, you know from last year. <laughs> Not according well, to last year. How, yeah. do you, how, how do you know what the progress he made from well, last year? That's well, true. Because how he haven't leaked any videos. Exactly, because he didn't know anything, and he there was no preseason games. So so I just in terms of his knowledge of the offense. Okay, yeah, he, I'm sure he knows the offense better, and so he looks a little bit better in practice in shorts. Than than he did. Mention that again. In short, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything when you go out there and play. Just ask Mike Martz with Joe Germain and some of the other guys that he, he actually thought were pretty good quarterbacks until they had to go out there and actually play. They all look good in their underwear, as Dick Vermeil would say. <laughs> oh my god, they, they definitely do. They definitely do. Howard, once again, let's talk about Jim Foster, the coach he passed. Real, just a yeah, good good guy. Really, really was underrated coach, I think. And you know, was successful in a very difficult place to be successful uh, in New York, 
And when I when I heard that, I said, "Oh my goodness!" And then when I, I think to myself, "How old is he?" And then I saw that he's, he's only seventy one. And of course, John Fossil, his son, who was the special teams coach for a long time with the Rams, is now with the Cowboys, and just uh, just a big loss, just a great loss for 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 his family, obviously, in the in the football world. Even though he wasn't involved as mu- much as much in the football world, but he was always a good interview too. I I'd hear him a lot of times on different radio shows, and he had had real real, real was real good at explaining things and, and talking offense, talking about quarterbacks, and just a just a real difficult loss for. Uh, for uh, for for everyone who knew him, he took a Kerry Collins led team to the Super Bowl. If, I mean, you can coach and <laughs> one that threw down on Minnesota that year when they were supposed to be really good. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Kerry Collins wasn't Carrie bad Collins. quarterback. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't bad, was but that was, no, a, he, he was How would you tell him? There was a lot of quarterbacks in this league that no. were not great that went to the Super Bowl. No, no, that's that's true, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and, and Kerry Collins was. Well, now he wasn't that good in that, in that Super Bowl. Of course, they were playing that Ravens. Yeah, defense. that Ravens defense will make you look bad. But, but he was, you know, there, there was reason he was picked as high as he was, and a lot of guys who who are picked high don't end up playing well. He he also had some personal issues uh, earlier in his career that that he overcame. So you give him credit for that. But you know, near the end of the near the end of his career, he was playing he was playing not great, but pretty good football. Howard, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll have you sing a little bit next week. <laughs> tell us, I don't even want to talk about it because I'll be here at 9.30. Tell us where everybody can hear you and where you are now. Well, uh, Sirius XM, of course, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Radio, Sports Map Radio, and you can try to stream it on Find Out States. I know the Mighty 1090 out of San Diego that runs the show. <clears throat> it's noon till 2 each Saturday and Sunday. I do it with a guy named Jeff Biggs, and uh, we have a lot of fun. Don't talk only uh, football, especially now at this time of the year with the NBA playoffs and everything. I'll tell you, it's fun. I'll tell you something. It's fun here being in Phoenix uh, with the Suns oh, yeah. uh, playing the way they are. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, guys, because you know that uh, in the years I was in St. Louis, I mean, every, every professional team won a championship. Uh-huh. And so now, so now going to f- come into Phoenix with a in a, with a professional team in a sport that, of course, we didn't ha- we don't have in St. Louis, and that would be pretty cool in my first year here to uh, to have a team win the championship. So that's you know that's uh, that, that that that's pretty good. And they're they're obviously playing good basketball. But on that show, we we talk about everything. And one thing I'll note: two months from right now, two months from right now is Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend mm-hmm. in Canton. Can't wait. Of course, after a long year wait, Isaac Bruce. We'll finally mm-hmm. see Sir. his bust and get his gold jacket. So Who's going to be the presenter for him? One of the coaches? No, actually, you know, he picked uh, Charlie. I'm Who? surprised he might have heard this and forgot. I mean, forgot. Tony Wiley. Tony, I, I didn't How about know that. that. Tony is my cousin, my good buddy Tony. Oh, I got some stories with Tony. Oh gosh, don't, don't, <laughs> oh, we, don't we all? My oh, brother. I got an NAACP was. Tony one night. Oh my God, Tony Wiley. That's great. <laughs> he, he left. Me... The, his last team was the Washington Redskins. <laughs> right, that's right. And he left a couple of years ago to get involved with the Special Olympics. Although I think I'm trying to remember if I heard somebody <laughs> left there. Tony Wiley. It's not my brother. That's really good, man. That's cool. Yeah, I like Tony. Was, it was really cool to hear that. And and the other part is that I'll never forget. I guess it was his last year with Washington. So I, I think it was. It might have been the year that he got elected. So it might have been 2019, mm-hmm. where I was at the combine. And Tony corners me. He says, "Come on, balls! 
come on, boss. When are you going to get Isaac in the Hall of Fame? When are you going to get Isaac in the Hall of Fame? I said, just relax, Tony. That's just Tony. relax. It, it, it's come going on, to man. happen. You know, he said, it's going come to happen. On, man. I can't What's tell you what year. You? Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. Which, I, don't, I said, I don't know which year. I know, it's going to happen. He was trained under Rick, Rick Smith's guy. Yeah, exactly. That was Rick Smith's exactly. guy. All right, Holland, thanks very much. You have a great weekend, and we'll visit with you next Tuesday night. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Well, Thanks, I, Howard. Boy, I, I remember one night I was at an NAACP dinner, and the Rams had this table. So, so t- t- Wally, he said, come on, Tony, I want you to come. Everybody's going to bring a date. So I walked in with, with a – she wasn't my date. She was uh, going to be a new potential client. Client, it was a white girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said, how in the hell will you bring a white girl <laughs> to an NCAA Only you would do that. Hey. Only, he's only, I said, man, hey, I'm trying to make hey, some that's, money. That's style. That's, that's style. Right it's not, it was, it's, hey. it's people of color. Only a few people can get away with that. Only a few people can pull that off. That's skill. I'm going to have Tony on and talk if she, to him about She was probably a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white girl, too. It wasn't somebody who was, you know, brunette. She was comfortable, huh? No. But it was just a client. He said, man, I can't believe you. That's right. That's it. Yeah, what the hell? Hey, folks, let's take another quick time out. That's funny. This portion of the show brought to you by the Country Club, Bar and Grill in Town and Country. We'll be right back. The Charlie Tuna Show, presented by Ameren, Illinois, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Hey, welcome back. We paid a little <laughs> salute last night to two of our favorite TV shows. Of course, the Mod Squad Link died two days ago. He was 81 mm-hmm. years of age. I liked it. Peggy Lipton, that was, uh, what's your name's wife? Yeah. Yeah, what's, um, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones' wife. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Lipton. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah Rashid. Mm. Rashida and her sister. They're both. Uh, I didn't know that. No, he's got a oh, daughter's a yeah. Oh, Rashida Jones is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She's really pretty. And then they had the rumor came out with him and Richard Pryor. What? 
Remember that? Come on. It was big news. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Made love. Oh, Stop it. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, my that God. Was a, that, was a, that was a big story last year. If you listen to Richard Pryor's stand-up, he, he, he's yeah. out there. He's out there. Is this no, why you, is this why you played solid, though? Because that was Link's line. Yeah, when he was solid. I know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought you we put it together. We announced him. Who else died? No, and we just talked about Skip Webber. We were talking about the White Shadow. Oh, man. That was my show. Man. I wonder if Skip ever found that. Right. I don't know. He did, did, he, was, did he hear from he, he was trying to find it on DVD. Oh, yeah. He, he with, may, may have it. I'm surprised. With Ken Howard, the great Ken Howard. And that was a, that show. That was right. no. and, and, and Coolidge. And Who was the big guy? Reese Coolidge. Coolidge. I never heard of it. Coo- you never I've, heard of it? I've heard like of it, but oh, I have no man. memories of it. It was about Charlie. this white coach in the ghetto. Was it Chicago? Uh, I think it might have been. Really? was one white guy. He played for the Bulls. Well, yeah, Salami was on the team, the and then they had, they, had, they had a Hispanic good, on the it team. Was it was actually good? Oh, yeah. it was good. It was I'm going to look it up. I'm going to try to find it. Coolidge, Coolidge and it was, Reese. It came on every Monday night? I think yeah, Monday yeah. night. Yeah, it was on three or four years. Must have been before my time. It was. It was late 70s. I was real young. Charlie and I were in eighth grade. Can we watch it? Seinfeld trivia, that was George Costanza's favorite show. Really? Yeah, just, oh, okay. Yeah, on Seinfeld, that was George Costanza's favorite really? show because he was he was unemployed. He was just on watching TV. He goes, "Ooh, white shadows on." <laughs> we were, I, I, and Jerry's like, "I'm hanging up." We were like seventh, eighth grade. Who's going to be Coolidge? Who's going to be Salami? Who's really, be... a show like that would be perfect now. No, it, it would. Probably it would. Be per- I'm surprised why, they haven't recycled. I don't know why. The networks won't come out with a show similar. Yeah, to that. I don't know why. Well, they don't re- they remake everything. They, they don't should. come out with anything new. They just no. remake it. remaking the monsters. We got enough black high school actors that can do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to remake Manimal. Really? What the was TV that? show? They were going to remake Manimal a couple oh years goodness. ago. They decided what, not to do it. What is that? Manimal, so where the guy could change into like a hawk or a panther. Or oh, was silly. Oh, yeah, it was, I remember on, watching man. it when I was a child. Yeah, well, Samuel, give me some Negroes playing for a white guy. Right. That's what I want to see. Samuel Jackson played in a movie in... Coach Carter? Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, that reminded me of Floyd Irons. That was a good movie. Really, did it? Samuel yeah, Jackson. He, he didn't play. Out. Yeah, he, so he's in everything. Top grossing actor in Hollywood. In everything. Number one. He was a Jimmy Kimmel reading nursery he, rhymes the other day. Frank, Frank and, and Rocchio didn't agree. <laughs> didn't believe that the other day. Oh, no, no way. Yeah, He's been in more, all his movies together and mm-hmm. grossed more than I've, any other actor. Have you seen him in the new Saw movie yet? I haven't seen no, that. No, no, I heard he's going to be he's, good. Him and Chris Rocker in it. Oh, Saw, man. Oh, Saw. Yeah. Saw, yeah, interesting. What is that movie? It's a movie out by a scary guy where he's sitting in a wheelchair with his... That's Saw. That's, that's what we're talking about. That's Saw. That crazy guy? Yeah. Oh, he's that's never... Saw. <laughs> oh, he's Chris, yeah. Chris Rock and, and a Samuel Rock Jackson are in it. Yep. Charlie, run. They both oh. play police officers in it looking for the... So, looking for Saw. So what's the name in the wheelchair? Samuel Jackson in the wheelchair is a policeman? Uh, was he in the wheelchair in the preview? No, he, no. That, you, that's the little clown guy. That, that's the person where they're you, you, looking for. Must be looking about oh, something. You, you, you're, 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 you're talking about, about Glass, You're talking maybe. about Glass? Glass? That's a good movie. I'm talking about Glass. You're talking about Glass. That's that a good movie. That guy is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and he was good at Invincible. Yeah, really? which is the uh, preview, preview two, or, the, yeah. or the first one, too, Glass. He's glass sitting in the wheelchair with like a purple suit on. Yeah, that's Glass. Slick back. That dude in Glass is nuts. You've seen a lot. You've seen a lot. What's the scariest movie to you? No, I don't know. That's scary. Probably movie when I was a young kid, probably the scariest movie I saw was the original House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, uh, I no, remember. you never heard of that. Yeah, I know what you're I've talking about. I, I, I just seen that. 
Yeah. These people got paid money. I haven't seen the money. original. They got paid money. Yeah. You have to stay in this house overnight. Mississippi yeah. Burning's the scariest movie to me. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> Shut up. You know, I remember I watching it as a little kid. Movie. I was like six years old, and I was terrified. Was Gene, I could see Gene why you watched that movie. And they're burning all the crosses. I was terrified of that movie. Is that the one? Is that you watched that movie? You were six. Is that the one in the background? I think in the is was it in the William Defoe in that as well? Yeah, yeah I think in the that background was his that in, was his boss. in the background you can actually in one of the scenes you can actually hear Cardinal play by play and Jack Buck and his voice is really? in that movie. You're exactly right. Yeah, because the Mississippi is the big Cardinal country. Well, yeah, and Camel mm -hmm. and, and that was the time so yeah. and that over. was going I down there. And <laughs> oh Lord, Charlie, come on, I man, what you talking about now? Oh, that movie was something else. <laughs> how about, the scariest scene how in about, that movie was the funniest thing when the chief said, hey, man, you better go home no. and take care of your wife. <laughs> how about the exorcist? Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman was tagging him for the officer's wife. How about the exorcist? that scare you? <laughs> yeah. And that's got a St. Louis tie to it. That was a yeah, scary, that was scary. scary. I, was, I was afraid to go see the movie. I went to the Esquire, Esquire in the daytime and watched it by myself. It was scary, but it wasn't. The scariest mm -hmm. movies I've seen are ones with kids in them. Jaws was scary to me when I was Jaws scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Jaws scared me. Jaws is a tremendous movie, but when I was five, when I watched that, because you mean like when Channel Eleven used to show movies in the afternoon, and my grandparents were watching me when I was sick because my parents were going to take off to watch me. So the Jaws was on the afternoon, and they didn't censor any of those movies back then. And I could still, I mean, Robert Shaw sliding down the floor of the orca into the shark's mouth terrified me. The scariest part in that movie, Jaws. When he went out late at night and <laughs> his friend's boat had sunk. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. And that teeth, tooth came up. Oh, that was scary. And that, that dead body just right. kind of floated in. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good, <laughs> such a scary man. movie. That was Jaws is fantastic. It that really is. That was my is. favorite movie The of music all time. and everything. And everything about it. They had, the great uh, John Williams. They had uh, Robert De Niro on uh, last night on, uh, what's the guy on Channel 5? Talk show host. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, because wow. he could have guests now. Oh. And they were talking about he, how he almost got the move. He, he was in The Godfather. He was... Uh, he, he played he the young son. Yeah, right. he played he, Sonny Corleone. The, he the young one. He, he played... I, not no, no, Sonny no. Don Corleone. Yeah. He played he, the he young Don Corleone. He auditioned for Sonny. He right. didn't get it. And he yeah. didn't get it. He didn't get the move. Yeah. Interesting. He should have got everything. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Seriously. Whatever role he wanted. Hey, Donald Trump. They wanted, yeah. didn't they want oh, Burt yeah, Reynolds as Sonny at one time? And they well, no, they Burt wanted Ryan. they wanted Robert Redford to play Michael Corleone. Oh my goodness! They yeah, the right. You know the last, studio did. What he that said last good. night. He said from the beginning, Michael uh, uh, Michael Corleone's role was what's his name? Hmm? Al Pacino. Al Pacino. He said that was Al Pacino's role. No matter no what. matter yeah. what. Yeah. No matter yeah. what the the funny thing is, you watch that movie now. You know who the highest paid actor was in that movie? The, the, the attorney. No, the guy who played Clemenza. That really? no one knows. He was the oh, highest yeah. paid actor in that movie. He, wow. paid, he got paid more hey, money than so, uh, Brando wow. did. Peter Clemenza. I can watch that movie every week. And who oh, played, I can too. Great, who played the young Clemenza? Do you remember? Bruno Kirby. That's right. Yeah. Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby did. Folks, thanks very much for listening to this episode. Are we uh, done? Yeah. Dark wow. Shadow. We'll, uh, <laughs> Dark Shadow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, how, how about a black coach going into the suburbs to coach a bunch of white kids? That'll be nice. That already happens, I yeah, think. It happened. It happened. Uh, at East St. Louis for football. My guy used to be at East St. Louis. Bob Shannon. Bob Shannon mm -hmm. went out there. But it was happening now. Just met twice, two, twice yeah. in a row. You got a black yeah. coach going there. Folks, we'll be here tomorrow night. Dr. Rick will be with us tomorrow night, oh, not Thursday. Okay. See ya. Broad stripes.